We welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word and go with me into the New Testament. And the Gospel according to Luke this morning, Luke chapter number 2, on this Christmas Eve. And we look at the birth of our Savior. Luke chapter number 2. And uh, we'll begin reading in just a moment in verse number 1. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 1. The Word of God says that He came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I want you to notice the statement that the angel made to those shepherds. It was a message of comfort, fear not. The angel had not come to frighten them in any way. Imagine you're one of the shepherds out in the fields going about your business and all of a sudden an angel appears to you. That would startle any of us. And so the angel speaks words of comfort. And he says, I, I have not come to, to frighten you or to startle you. No, I have come to encourage you and to let you know that this is a day of good tidings. Because on this day, in the city of David, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. And so I want to speak to you this morning on the subjects of good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. And I want us to note this morning when these tidings came. 
they came in an unexpected time. And they came in a difficult time. Job said, man that is born of woman is few days and full of trouble. And we know as we live in this world, we encounter more and more of it each day. I attended the funeral this week for my pastor, Pastor Sexton. I was very uh, touched by the outpouring of love of many of our friends that were there, numbers and numbers of people who were in attendance. Well, that was an encouraging thing, but it was also a heavy thing because here's a man who's invested so much in me, who loved me and I have loved so dearly. And uh, he, for a number of months, has been in poor health and declined and now with the Lord. And then last night I, I received some news that a young man who grew up in the church that was in our uh, singles department when I was at Temple uh, passed away at home last night with family gathered for Christmas unexpectedly. Young father, young husband, now gone to be with God. The good news in that is that though they're gone, they're gone to be with God. Death and dying and sickness is all around us. Trouble and strife and difficulty is all around us. This is the world in which we live. It is a result of sin. The Bible teaches us that the wages of sin is death. The sin and rebellion of man tainted and corrupted the good creation of God. The eternal life that God imparted to us, we lost in the garden. That perfect fellowship and communion that we had with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, that fellowship was severed in the garden. That life was lost. We became sinners. And that sin was passed to all of us throughout human history. It's entered into our bloodstream. And it has brought upon us the sentence of death. And so we live in a world that is full of sorrow and sickness and a world of death. Their world was a busy world. And it was a burdened world. Here's a young couple and they're trying to get established in their lives together. Mary has received the news, and then later Joseph would receive the news that she would bring forth a son, conceived not by man, but by the Holy Ghost. And now here this young couple is, beginning their lives together. The time for Mary to have her child is here, the nine months of carrying that baby that was conceived in her womb, the nine-month period that is required for that baby to grow and develop and then to be born, that period has come to an end. But in the midst of that moment, she's not able to go to the hospital. She's not able to go to a birthing center. She's not able to gather with family. She finds herself on the road, perhaps riding on an animal, 
Imagine the discomfort. You ladies can imagine that, right? You mothers who've given birth, you can imagine that. From Galilee to Bethlehem to go to pay a tax. You see, we live in a world that's busy like theirs, right? A world that's burdened like theirs. And those burdens come upon us. Here's a ruler, Caesar Augustus, who makes a decree. We live in a, a time when there are lots of rulers who make lots of decrees with little thought of how it would impact those who live under the burden of them. So a decree was made. Taxes were levied. And the people were burdened. And this young couple must go now to Bethlehem. Why? Because Joseph is of the house and lineage of David. That's his family. To those of us who walk through the life of David together, immediately we think about God's promise to David. Remember that promise? I will build you a house. There will proceed from the seed of David a king who will sit upon the throne, who will rule and reign forever. What a precious promise that was to David. Now that promise is being fulfilled, but not in any way as we would anticipate it, right? A poor carpenter, just newly married, getting ready to have a baby, away from home, down in Bethlehem. But it was into that busy, burdened world that the Lord Jesus came. And the word of God tells us here in verse 8, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'm going to give you some good news, and they were in desire of hearing some good news. And by the way, we live in a world that needs to hear some good news, right? Verse number 12, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, lying in an instrument that is used to feed animals. Well, those shepherds, they knew what a manger was. Of all places that we would find him, where you would think we might find him in a palace, you, you would think that we might find him in a nice birthing center or hospital facility, but no, you're going to find him in a manger. Think of the humility of our Savior, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself, or took upon himself rather the form of a servant. He, he made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. The Son of God, the one who spoke this world into existence, became a man, born in a lowly manger. And there the angel said, you'll find him. Verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 
that darkness of the night, the cold night in Bethlehem was broken up by the glorious light, and those shepherds saw a heavenly host. Can you imagine how beautiful that must have been? A heavenly host appeared, and they began to sing out, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And so their night was interrupted. The busy, hectic, burdened world, there was an intervention, there was an appearance, there was a deliverance of good news. And the Bible said when those angels uh, had finished giving their message in verse 15, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which shall come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You see, the good news was given. And notice who it was given to. It wasn't given to the politicians. The priests didn't get the good news. Most of the people didn't get the good news. The shepherds got the good news. They got the good news about the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the whole world. They got the good news about the good shepherd who would lay down his life for his sheep. There's a Savior that's going to be born today. A Savior is born this day. And so they went and they saw the babe. I wonder in the midst of our busy, burdened world if we don't find ourselves too busy for Jesus. I, I'm going to be honest with you. As the pastor of this church, with all that's happening right now in our church and just planning for this service and and, and the unexpected things that have come to us just this morning with plans and, 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 and interruptions and, 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 and having to shuffle things and move things. I can get so caught up with that that I come to church and miss Jesus. You and I, as we plan our Christmas activities, as we think about family and our shopping list and all that we got to do, the meal. And do I have enough gifts for this one? All of us have more than we'll ever need. You know that. And you can have all that you need in this world and still miss the greatest need. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You see, there's only one who can meet the needs of our soul. That's Jesus. And so in the midst of this busy, burdened world, there are, there are all types of burdens. I mentioned just a few to you a moment ago. There are those who are ill. I think about them. I'm praying for them. I know that you're praying for them. It really becomes overwhelming, doesn't it? Then I think about those who are lonely. In just a little bit, I'll go home. I'll be with my wife and my children. I'll pray for a moment of peace and silence. (laughs) 
but there are others who will have no noise. No companion, no family, no friend. A silent home. Who would relish in the opportunity that I'll have today, but there may come a day when I don't have that opportunity. There may come a day when you don't have that opportunity. But if we know Jesus, we'll have all that we need. You see, we can't afford to miss Jesus this Christmas. As we enter into a new year with all of its challenges and all of its opportunities, we can't afford to miss Jesus. As we get burdened down and as we become busy, let's not forget about Jesus. It's the greatest gift we've ever been given. May God help us to worship him this Christmas. Well, it was a mighty good news that they got. It had been 400 years since a prophet had raised his voice in the nation of Israel. It had been 400 years of silence, and now the Savior has come, the Messiah, the Son of God. Ultimately, we know that 33 and a half years later, the nation of Israel would reject him. They would cry out for his crucifixion. He would be condemned and he would go to the cross and he would suffer and bleed and die. Not because he was guilty of any crime, he wasn't. Not because he had committed any sin. Because the word of God tells us that he knew no sin. But yet, though he knew no sin, he was made to be sin for us. He went to the garden of Gethsemane and he drank the bitter cup of our sin in its guilt and its shame. The iniquity of us all was laid upon him. And he suffered and he bled and he died on that cross making the payment for our sin, bearing the judgment of our sin. That's the message of Christmas. He was placed in a tomb, and on the third day, he stepped out of that tomb. He had conquered death. He had conquered hell. He was alive, and he lives forevermore. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven in the sight of all of his disciples. And he promised that he was coming again. And I want you to know that he will come again. And he will come into the same circumstance as he came the first time. A busy, burdened world. But Jesus is coming again. The shepherds did what many wouldn't do. They went and inquired. They, they, they listened to the message of the angels. By the way, 
Wouldn't you think you would too? <laughs> All of a sudden, at night, you look outside, and you're in the front yard, and here's a heavenly host singing to you, a Savior's born. It's never happened in the history of the world, and it hasn't happened since. But it happened to them, and they went. There was some time later when the wise men showed up in Jerusalem, and they said, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We have followed his star from the east. Where is he? Herod said, I don't know what you're talking about. The scribes and the Pharisees, they said, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, Herod said to the scribes and Pharisees, you're the people supposed to know this. Why don't you look in the Bible and tell us what is going to happen? And so they looked and they said, well, he was going to be born in Bethlehem. You see, they had the same set of information, but they didn't move enough to find out if any of it were true. Do you know what the shepherds and that crowd, excuse me, the shepherds, do you know what Herod and that crowd said to those wise men? Said, you go find him, and if you find him, come back and let us know. We got more important things to do. Well, these shepherds didn't have that attitude, did they? They said, we're going to go and see. And they went and found him. And it was just as the angel said. And I want you to think about Christmas and the message of Christmas, the good news that you and I have heard, the good news that we have received, and, and hopefully the good news that you and I have benefited from. And we see the response of the shepherds and those who were there on that wonderful night. Now, I want you to notice the three just brief, I mean, just very brief things I want you to take with you today. Look in verse 17. And when they had seen it, they heard about it, and now they went and they saw it. They experienced it for themselves. They found Mary and Joseph in the city of Bethlehem. I don't know how they found it. God led them. They found the babe lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, as the angel had promised. And the Bible said, And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Here's the first thing I hope you and I will take with us this Christmas. We're to publish the good news. We're to publish the good news. We're to get the message out. There's nothing in human history that has been so wonderfully announced as the birth of our Savior. The angel appears, the sky lights up, the host of heaven is proclaiming glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The announcement is given. The Savior is born. Here's where you'll find him, lying in a manger. And they go and they find him. They heard it. They saw it. And they couldn't get over it. They went and told people about it. Have you met the Savior? Do you remember the day that you met him? The day that you recognized 
that the Son of God had come to die on the cross for your sin, that he made that payment for you, that he rose again, that he offered salvation to you, and the day that the Spirit of God revealed to you how greatly you needed him, and you came and received Christ as Savior, maybe in a church service, maybe at home, maybe on the job. But you bowed your head, and with your tongue you confessed what you believed to be true in your heart, that Jesus was the Son of God, and you asked him to save you. You called upon him, according to Romans 10, 13, and you asked him to save you, and he did. In that moment, you receive the greatest gift you could ever receive. The only gift you really need, the gift of salvation. Your sins were forgiven. The guilt and the condemnation was removed. Your eternal destiny was settled. You have a home in heaven. You are accepted and loved in Christ. Well, we have a tendency to get over that, don't we? But may God help us to publish the good news. So when we go home today, when we gather with family tomorrow or over the course of the next few days, let's make sure that we talk about how good God's been to us. Notice in verse 18. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We're to publish the good news. Number two, we're to ponder the good news. We're to ponder. That's something we don't do a lot of in this world. Ponder. Think, meditate. We've got something in our face every minute of the day. We can't even have a conversation with one another. We're too distracted. But here's a young girl who nine months prior had a visit from an angel who said, God has chosen you to bring the Messiah into the world. Imagine being that young girl. All your hopes and dreams, you're planning for marriage, and this is the message God brings to you. You're wondering about the shame and the reproach that you're going to bear. As an unwed mother living in the nation of Israel. You're wondering how your espoused husband is going to receive this news because he's going to that this baby is not his child. You're hearing the news that the God of heaven has selected you for this mission. Imagine all that she's dealing with. Then, as God sends the messenger to Joseph and, and explains all of this to Joseph, she sees how that God is taking care of things. God has preserved her relationship with her spouse, husband, there together. But now, at the time when the baby's going to be born, they got to go pay this tax. They got to go back to Bethlehem. They wouldn't have done that. But that was what the prophet said would happen. You see, here's what we find. Listen, 
God is in the details of our lives. God is sovereign. God has a plan in your life. Politicians can decree whatever they want to decree. The burdens of life can seem to weigh us down. But we have a God who loves us and who is directing us in our lives, and we can trust him this morning. And Mary's beginning to connect the dots as she, having given birth, perhaps in a barn, watching her precious baby lying in a manger, thinking, I, I never expected it to happen like this. You're telling me this is the Son of God? This is how God wants His, for, His Son to, to be born? Yes. Doesn't seem like anybody's around. There's no announcement, no pastor to visit. And then all of a sudden, here comes the shepherds. Oh, listen, you got you to hear what happened to us. We were at work, and an angel appeared to us and scared us to death. But then he told us there was some good news, and then the heaven lit up, and we saw a host praising God, telling us of the birth of this child. And Mary's pondering this in her heart. I want to say this to you this morning. As we go about our day, as we go about our week, let's not forget to ponder about the goodness of God. When we get news that we don't like, when things go wrong, when burdens grow heavy, let's not forget that the Savior has stepped in. Let's not forget that he has intervened, that he is faithful. Let's not forgive that I forget rather that our high priest who is in the heavens intercedes for us. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Let's not forget about Jesus. Let's ponder these things in our heart. We're going to need them in the year ahead the challenges and the trials and the difficulties, the temptations, the disappointments that we will face. You say, are you some type of prophet? No, I just know what life is full of, and so do you at this point. Yes, there will be blessings and there will be good days, and we'll rejoice in those, and we should. But we'll need to ponder this in our hearts. That Jesus has come. That means more to us than any gift. You know, we used to, when our children were first born, and, and we were so excited to, for them to get old enough to really uh, open their gifts and enjoy them and get excited about Christmas. And then we, we, we noticed something, that they were more excited about playing with the box than they were the contents. That's us, isn't it? We get excited about something and then we move on to something else that, that, that reveals the, 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 the flesh and its instability. 
It's insatiable desire to be uh, appealed to, to be appeased in some way. But there's only one thing that really satisfies, and that's Jesus. So publish the good news, ponder the good news. And then notice in verse 20, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. You know what they found out? They found out that everything the angels said was true. God kept his word. They saw that child and they praised God. Uh, the last thing I'd like for you to think about, not only publish the good news, ponder the good news, but praise God for it. Thank you. Thank you. We call this a worship gathering. We gather together to worship the Lord corporately. Well, what does that mean? That means we praise God. We thank Him. Sometimes we praise Him with joy. Sometimes we praise Him in heaviness. Sometimes we praise Him with jubilant songs. Sometimes we praise Him through tears of grief or tears of gratitude. But let's praise the Lord this Christmas. Would you bow with me in prayer? And this morning, I want to encourage you, if you do not know the Lord Jesus, I want to encourage you to receive the gift of salvation. It is a gift. You don't earn a gift. You're not giving gifts this Christmas to people that have earned it. You're giving gifts this Christmas to people that you love. God loves us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you just as you are. And he wants to save you and change you and transform you. And you can receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord today. If you haven't received it, I plead with you receive it today. You say, Pastor, how do I receive it? You receive it by believing in your heart that Jesus died for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. You receive it by believing, you receive it by confessing, Confessing what? That you're a sinner, that you need a Savior. Confessing that He is the Son of God. And you receive it by calling. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's when you and I humble ourselves and say to the Lord from our hearts, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And if I die in my sin, I'm headed to hell but I know that you love me and you died for me. And I believe that you are the son of God. And today I'm asking you to save me. I want to receive that gift of eternal life. And friend, if you're praying that prayer or you're willing to pray that prayer today, you can receive that gift of eternal life. You can receive it this morning. On Christmas Eve, just as those angels, those shepherds rather, 
receive the message at Christmas Day. Christian friend, you and I have a responsibility to publish that news, to tell what we know, because there's a lost and dying world out here who hasn't had the benefit that we have. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about him this week. Let's think about Jesus. Let's ponder. And as we go through our days and as we go through the months ahead, may we remember and thank God that Jesus stepped into our heartache and our suffering because he loves us. And let's be used of God to comfort and encourage others. And let's praise God for the good news. Maybe as you're there this morning, you just want to say, thank you, Lord. I want to encourage you to do that. Just where you're seated. Praise it. Thank you. When you get home today, praise it. Thank you. As you go through the week and the days of your life, praise it. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you and thank you once again for listening.